1: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
0: Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right, you build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, no one ever said duels were pretty. It's high noon for Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. And uh, yes, yeah, so we had a debate and now we're going to talk about it. Everyone is uh, online, at least, is very, very bent out of shape about a few things. So I'm going to give you my personal reaction, my reaction on the reaction, and what I think the actual reaction will be. All right? Does that make sense? Because there is the there is the the media reaction, which is then the reaction of all the people who always listen to the media, but that's not the real reaction. So let's get into it. I watched the debate with, I was probably like maybe 12 other people there, maybe 13, something like that. And three of them were black Americans, by the way. Shocking. I know they were overrepresented as a portion of population in our group of people who like Trump, shocking. I know. Um, we watched the debate. There was a lot of, uh, cheering on our end and, uh, kind of like knee slapping, laughing, unable to believe that what we were seeing was actually happening, uh, at the beginning. And first off, Trump is hilarious. And anybody who doesn't see that I don't know where you're finding joy in your life, Um, but he was very funny, and his humor was very effective against Biden, especially the cutting little remarks like, you just lost the left, and that stuff is going to come back to haunt Joe Biden, and Trump was right to nail him on those things, and that was when he was at his best in the performance. After after the debate was over, we kind of hung out for a few minutes and chatted about it, and I think that all of our general opinion and certainly mine was that Trump left a lot of opportunities to really, really put a nail in Joe Biden on the table. And that was disappointing for me. Um, I wanted to see him like knock a few things out of the park and I. I think that he could have done a far better job answering the race question. But here's the truth, or not the race question, I should say, but the stand-back, stand-by moment, whatever that was, which I will, of course, talk about. But uh, no one in our our group, none of us had been looking at Twitter or Instagram or any of that. Not one person in the group remembered that moment as important. No one had the impression whatsoever... That Trump had failed to condemn something. All right. So that's first. So you know, I get home, I jump on Instagram Live, and my uh, the people who were watching the live stream were asking about that, and I was like, I sincerely don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? And so I had to uh, I had to watch a video of it, and I was like, Okay, yeah, I still don't understand. Like, what are people saying? And so you know, the question is posed to him if he'll condemn white supremacy, white supremacists. He says, sure. And the violence. And he says, sure. And then he says, yeah, I'll condemn whatever you want. And then they start throwing the Proud Boys at him. And he says, uh, stand back and stand by. And that's supposed to be what? A signal to the Proud Boys that they need to await his commands? Is that the claim? Because that's, that's what I want to know. I want to know what people are actually claiming about this. Because they're saying that he failed to condemn white supremacy. And that on its face is not true. And to believe that that is true, you have to believe two things. One, everything the media has said the whole time. Right? And two... That Trump is already this vicious racist you believe him to be, who has never condemned white supremacy. And to believe that, you have to be completely ignorant because he has condemned white supremacy countless times and designated the KKK as a terrorist organization last week. This is not a secret, okay? This is not some crazy stuff that's like on the dark web. You can look at it. He said it on live television. He said it on live newscasts. He said it in the 2016 debates. I don't know what else people want him to do other than say the thing they want him to say. And he's not going to do that. And you know, he's not going to do that because he never does it. Trump does not deal with getting put on the spot Because he knows that he is then playing someone else's game and he's not going to play that game. Again, there are countless better ways he could have answered the question, but the way that he did answer it is not what people are pretending it is. Okay. He is not giving orders to the proud boys who, by the way, aren't a white supremacist organization. They may be violent. They may say fucked up things about a lot of people. That doesn't make them a white supremacist organization, okay? And it doesn't mean that what they're doing is white supremacy. They were, for, they were formed around the idea that Western culture is a better culture. Now, if you want to say that that's white supremacy, you have your terms confused, but okay. I mean, I, will, I would even happily grant you that they are a bad group. I'm not arguing in defense of the Proud Boys at all. I'm not arguing in defense of any of these groups. They're all so dorky. Aside from, like, whether or not they're stupid or evil or bigots. Like, fine. They're bad. I don't like them. I wish none of them existed because they're that dumb and useless. But first of all, the Proud Boys are not some, like, national dilemma. There's, like, 18 of them. And obviously, I'm you know, exaggerating. Maybe there's a few thousand of them. Where are they? Where are they? They show up at Antifa events to occasionally fight Antifa. That's like supposed to be a national horror, a bigger horror than Antifa, who, by the way, Joe Biden called an idea. And yes, he was citing FBI director Christopher Wray who said that he didn't think that they were this huge threat. I don't know why Christopher Ray would say that. I don't trust Christopher Ray. Neither should anyone else, considering what's coming out about the FBI and their involvement with Hillary's attempt to bring down Trump's campaign and then Obama and Biden's attempt to undermine his presidency during the transitional period, otherwise known as not complying with a peaceful transfer of power. So what Christopher Ray says means nothing to me. The proud boys are not out there starting riots. They are not holding violent protests. They are not trying to kill law enforcement officers. The proud boys exist on the internet and sometimes they might go to bars together. And that is supposed to be something that everyone is scared of. Chris Wallace asked if Trump condemned white supremacy. He said, sure, sure. Like he was going along with the question in his mind. He already answered the question. And then he diverts to saying that the source of the problem is on the left. And it is anyone who disputes that is either lying or paying no attention. Black Lives Matter and Antifa are not out there fighting against the Proud Boys. They didn't show up to defend the city from the Proud Boys because the Proud Boys are not attacking cities. Antifa and Black Lives Matter are. So if you're confused about which side the problem is on, I don't know what to tell you. Go vote for Joe Biden. But to say that Trump doesn't condemn white supremacy is insane. It's insane. You cannot be informed and rational and think that he does not condemn white supremacy. He has done it countless times. There is ample video evidence everywhere. And so I'm not sure like totally what to even make of the response to that. You know, it's odd to me that they are basically replaying the 2016 playbook over again. Like they tried to convince everybody that Trump was this malicious racist in 2016. It didn't work. They're trying to do it again now when there is far more evidence that the opposite is true, it is not going to work again. And the fact that they're going with that means that they know Joe Biden lost the debate last night because if Joe Biden won the debate, they would have something better to report on and to discuss Than a race issue. It is clickbait. And of course, it angers the people who are always mad about everything because that is what they do. They are not interested in trying to understand situations, they are interested in calling people racists. And of course, they're focused on that thing that is by the way easily disprovable if you are spending your day focused on something that is disprovable like not even just arguable but absolutely disprovable then you are failing and the fact that you think this is so important even though even though you cannot possibly believe that trump is giving coded orders to some militia, no one, no one can believe that. Okay. That does not make any sense. And by the way, the stand back and stand by thing, that's how Trump talks. All right. And I know that that's not a a satisfactory answer for a lot of people. And I understand why, because he talks differently than a lot of people. He does not talk like a common politician at all. He is not careful with his words. I don't think anyone would argue otherwise, except in the places where they think they can nail him on exactly the words he says taken out of context. So Trump is a person who is careless with his words, but also on top of it enough to throw in a coded message to a militia. In the middle of a back and forth where he's fielding bullshit from two different directions. How does someone hold those thoughts in their head at the same time? Trump either knows what he's doing and is a very careful talker. Or he knows what he's doing and he is not a careful talker, which is my argument. Or he does not know what he's doing, but is a very careful talker which is what you guys have to prove if you're upset about this, which is insane. Or he's or he doesn't know what he's doing and he is a careless talker. And they're choosing the most unlikely choice. You have to believe that Trump is simultaneously incompetent and doesn't know anything but is also such a careful talker that he is able to insert secretly coded messages to white supremacist militias in the midst of a back and forth. And that makes no sense. And again, the thing is, the thing is, and this is what I'm writing about now, and this is why it's taking me so much longer than it should, because It's complex, and I really, really am trying to get my head all the way around this idea because I think I'm on to something here. And you can tell the people that are going to be upset about this stuff, right? And they're always upset for someone else, on someone else's behalf. You know, if you ask them, do you believe that Trump was sending out a secretly coded message to white supremacist militias? They'll be like, no, but like... He did say, stand back and stand by. Okay, so you don't believe it. So you don't believe it yourself. But your assumption is that everyone else does. So you can see through. You can take the rational, objective approach, but no one else can. Right? Other people are stupid. You can see it and you're going to repeat it because you think it's effective for your side. And, you know, you can make people shut up by calling them racist and saying that somehow defending what happened means that you are complicit in racism and white supremacy. You're going to go down that whole road. And paint everyone with that brush, including the president who has condemned white supremacy multiple times, countless times. You're going to do that because you are defending someone else. Here's how to know that no one believes it. Because it took the media suggesting that's what happened for people to start to. And you know how I know that? Because Chris Wallace didn't challenge him and Joe Biden didn't challenge him. So is Joe Biden a careful enough operator A good enough negotiator, competent enough to be president, but unable to call out in real time, Trump sending coded messages to white supremacist militias. How did that one get by him? Joe Biden, master of knowledge. And all of you, of course, are are reading it correctly. I know you didn't notice in real time, but you're reading it correctly. And Joe Biden missed it and Chris Wallace missed it. It's weird because Chris Wallace didn't miss that much. And let's talk about Chris Wallace for a second, because that was the most pathetic debate moderation I have ever seen in my life. And I'm not saying that because I think it harms Trump, although it also does harm Trump. I'm saying it for multiple reasons. Okay. first off, Chris Wallace's questions were terrible. There is no qualifying that at all. They were terrible. In the premise of his questions, he was inserting false narratives. One of them was where he talked about the Charlottesville rally, and said that Trump said there were fine people on both sides. That's not true. Trump said in no uncertain terms that he condemned neo-Nazis and white supremacists. I will read you the quote right now. In that very Charlottesville speech, he said, And I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists. Okay. So right there, Chris Wallace's question is wrong, and it is confirming for the people at home that the false narrative they believe is correct. And that is shameful. That's really, really bad. Also, Chris Wallace would cut off the conversation even when he was saying like to Trump, hey, okay, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask the questions coming right to you and you can answer about something else. Well, first of all, what? No, you can't answer about something else. You're the moderator. You're supposed to. Make him answer the question that you're asking and you're supposed to be asking responsible questions. But he was cutting off crosstalk to change the the topic. And that was awful. Like, that's a real disservice to the people watching it, because with that much false bullshit flying around to not allow Trump to go back at Biden about some of this stuff is crazy. Okay, it just is. And this stuff did not work both ways. He interrupted Trump countless more times than Biden, five times as much. Somebody actually measured this stuff. I don't find that to be that important, but it's pretty obvious when you watch the debate that Trump was fending off both of them, right? Like, where is the question to Joe Biden? Do you con- condemn Antifa? Joe Biden said it's an idea. And he said he condemns violence. Oh, but is violence the only problem? And how do you define violence? Because you have supporters who define violence as something that stops short of looting and rioting and defacing property and intimidating people inside their homes. That's not considered violence. By the way, using improper pronouns is violence. But looting, rioting, defacing property, destroying statues, intimidating people inside their homes is not violence. So, condemning violence is not the same thing as condemning Antifa. And saying that they are an idea lends credence to the argument that Antifa is actually anti fascist, okay? Because anti fascism would be the idea. that they're referring to. And so when Joe Biden says it's an idea, he's saying that the people in Antifa are legitimately anti-fascist. They are not. If they are, it's odd that they share 100% of their characteristics with fascists. Taking over six block sections of cities also not violence. I wonder if the neighbors agree. So another uh, amazing point of the debate was when they were talking about law and order and Trump was like, you won't even say it. And Biden didn't say it. And of course, Chris Wallace didn't make him say it. Um, And then Trump said he has the support of every uh, police organization in the country, which is more or less true. I'm sure it's not every. Maybe there's a couple that support Biden. He asked Biden to name one. Biden got completely flustered, could not name one, and then Chris Wallace bailed him out. That's on video. If there's another interpretation of that, I'm not sure what it is. If Biden knows the answer, he should have said it. If he didn't say it, then you have to assume by the same logic, right? This is even better logic because it actually makes sense. The police are a real organization that actually has an effect on society. You have to think that Biden doesn't want to associate himself with the police because he's going to put off the whole left. So look at how that game goes. Trump did say, sure, will you condemn white supremacy? Sure. Joe Biden has no police support and doesn't even want to claim police support. Because that will offend people on the left. Speaking of offending people on the left, Joe Biden had another meltdown over the Green New Deal. Trump accused him of uh, wanting the Green New Deal. Biden made up statistics about jobs and stuff that he's going to get passed once they give XYZ money. The Green New Deal is estimated to cost $100 trillion. Trump is not making that up. That is a reality. On Joe Biden's website, it supports the Green New Deal. I'm sure that will be taken down shortly. Or maybe they'll leave it up, figuring that the news isn't going to actually hit them for it. But so they go back to Biden at one point in the debate. And he says that the Green New Deal will pay for itself over time. That is utterly insane. Our GDP for the entire year, is about $20 trillion. So even if nothing else was done with all that money, and first of all, that's not even possible because the money goes back and forth. Like It's not just like $20 trillion sits on the side. But that would be five full years of American economic activity. And they're talking about being able to do this stuff within 12 years because that's when, Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says the world is going to end. And now they have a, a countdown clock in New York that's only eight years. It's insane. But so Biden defended the Green New Deal's financial viability. Then said he doesn't support it. Then says it's radical. And he said that he said it's radical. It's on his website now remember the conversation yesterday about the T-shirt with the Democratic Dream Team. Look who's missing. Bernie, Warren, AOC. They're not on there. So who do you think Biden is trying to please? He's trying to please both. And he can't please both because the Democratic Party, as I've said before, has no ideological coherence. Biden voters cannot have ideological coherence across the board. It is impossible. All these people in the middle who say they don't support violence, they don't support Antifa, they don't want the Green New Deal, they don't want socialism, blah, blah, blah. That is incompatible with what the far left wants. Joe Biden cannot serve both those groups at the same time. But he tries to, and he has to try to. He is trying to do the impossible, which is what happens when your entire strategy is building a coalition around identity groups that don't believe the same things. But the Democrats will argue that they do all believe the same things, that they are the party of black voters and Hispanic voters. They're not. Hispanic voters on Telemundo in their poll last night believe Trump won that debate two to one. Why? Because they're not confused about American upper class idiocy masked as politeness, astuteness, seriousness. They're not confused by that. They watched the debate. They chose who they thought won, and that's Trump. C-SPAN had a poll, I think it was probably an online poll, and don't give any credence to online polls like Twitter polls, I mean, they're not scientific at all, and I'm not sure if uh, if Telemundo's was, by the way, or maybe it was Univision, but I think it was uh, Telemundo. They all look the same to me. Oh, my God. I don't think their poll was scientific either, but maybe it was. It was probably just a viewer poll and viewer responses, and But either way, that's two to one. I mean, that's a big difference, even if it was just like uh, way more Hispanic voters watching that channel for the debates. That still tells you quite a lot. And aside from Trump's interrupting and his general attitude, I don't even know how these people who are pretending that they're very serious, very informed, uh, very astute, very polite. Joe Biden twice called the president of the United States a clown. Okay, He said he was the worst president of all time, which is crazy. He told him to shut up and he called him a puppy. Putin's puppy, no less, which makes no sense. I'm not sure if he was trying to say puppet, by the way, still makes no sense because Trump is not in cahoots with Russia in any way. Yesterday the office of the director of national intelligence put out clear evidence that Hillary Clinton orchestrated the Russian collusion narrative that the FBI participated, that Obama and Biden participated. Okay. So calling Trump Putin's puppy is otherworldly. It is not of this planet. It does not make sense in reality, and no one buys it. Joe Biden is completely enthralled to China, as is the rest of the Democratic Party, as is the entire media. All of these people, all they are doing is pretending to carry on polite conversation with one another, and most of the country does not care about that anymore. Why don't they care about that? Because reality matters to them more than trying to impress Alyssa Milano and woke white-collar workers, okay? The crazy thing is that the media has had control of the general conversation and the national perspective for so long, and this class of people has had control of that for so long that they don't know what to do now that they are not in control of the conversation anymore. Okay? The cable news does not control the conversation. Very astute writers at The Atlantic do not control the conversation. They don't even understand the conversation because the conversation that that the rest of America is having, they don't know those people. They don't want to know those people, and they don't like those people. If they come from families of those people, they disavow those people. The rest of America is sick of it. There were actual issues discussed last night, and instead we're talking about how stupid people interpret a statement that they have made about race, specifically about an organization that has no sway in American culture. And they think that that is important. That is crazy. Now, the other thing that made some of my friends a little upset uh, at the watch party was when Trump brought up uh, Hunter Biden's cocaine use. And listen, I don't want him to do that stuff. Okay, you guys have to understand, like. I have a foot in both these worlds, all right, and I still respect both these worlds, and I try to understand the mindset of both these worlds, And I am still inclined to react in some of these ways about these things. Okay, like, would I rather Trump not go after that stuff? Yes, I would rather him not go after that stuff. But he's forced to go after that stuff because the media will not talk about it. The media brought it up for one day and it disappeared. I read you the summary of the Senate report on this podcast two days ago. Hunter Biden James Comey testified this morning, by the way, I haven't watched the whole testimony and I was going to do that before this, but instead I decided to take a run. I'll watch the testimony this afternoon. I'll talk about it tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But James Comey said himself that Hunter Biden's behavior may have compromised Joe Biden on a national security level. He testified to that today in Congress. Hunter Biden's behavior is not made up. Joe Biden said over and over and over again, that's been totally discredited. That's been totally discredited. That's been totally discredited. That is not an answer. Discredited is a word that was chosen by his campaign. You know how I know that? Because Joe Biden doesn't normally say words like that. And because he said the same word over and over and over again, they decided that that was the most effective word for him to use. but it's not effective because it hasn't been discredited. And Joe Biden's excuse there was just basically the everyone knows excuse. And likewise, that was his excuse for pretty much every other answer in the debate. He basically confirmed what the news tells people. And that's not going to prove anything to anyone who doesn't already believe the shit that CNN and MSNBC and the New York times say about Donald Trump saying that something has been discredited is not an answer to that question. Joe Biden is on stage trying to be the next president. He needs to discredit things for himself. Joe Biden has made no explanation whatsoever for Hunter Biden's behavior or where all that money came from. Not once. And the media does not press him on it. That is one million times more important than the Proud Boys. And we're talking about the Proud Boys. Also more important than the Proud Boys is the Hillary Clinton participation in the Russia hoax and the Obama-Biden participation in the Russia hoax. And then the Michael Flynn issue and undermining Donald Trump's presidency during the transition of power, then launching the Mueller investigation and then impeaching him. All of that is way more important. Did Joe Biden bring up the impeachment? No. Did Chris Wallace talk about it? No. Who do you believe last night looked like they had the problem with Ukraine? Biden or Trump? Biden. And of course he did because it's Biden's problem. It's not Trump's problem. And then I'll wrap this up where the debate began. Joe Biden refusing to answer whether or not he intends to end the filibuster and pack the Supreme Court with extra judges, justices. He wouldn't answer. He said, whatever answer I give will be the story. That is his answer all the time. Why is that not allowed to be a story? He's talking about changing the way the government functions on a very basic level. He is talking about overturning constitutionally set in place systems. Okay. Now, the Constitution does not recommend how many justices you have to have on the Supreme Court. That's fine. But saying that you are going to pack the court, you are going to increase the number of justices so that prior president's picks can be invalidated. That's a pretty extreme position. The idea that a candidate can stand on stage and say, I'm not answering that question because then it'll become a story. And the media does not force him to. And the media doesn't discuss it. Is a disservice to the country. Because either he doesn't. And the leftists will get mad knowing that nothing that they say that they are going to accomplish can actually get accomplished because the things that they want to accomplish are anti-constitutional and unconstitutional. Okay. That's why he can't say it, because then nothing that Joe Biden ever promises could ever come true. So he won't say that. But he also won't say he will, because then it looks like a fucking banana republic, which is exactly what it would be if Joe Biden was in charge. He got run over by Donald Trump last night. He also gets run over like that with Kamala Harris and AOC and the rest of them. And if you don't believe that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Joe Biden said, I am the democratic party now. Then when asked if he has called the governors in Washington and Oregon, he says, that's not his role because he's not in office. And people are supposed to take that seriously. Again, again, The fact that he cannot say that he has called the governors of Washington and Oregon and told them to get control of the violence in their cities is proof positive that he does not condemn the violence. I don't know how anyone in the world can misperceive this. You are backfilling excuses so that you can get over the issues that actually matter. And there's nothing more to it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email HeyModerator at com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to Anchor.fm slash Be Reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be Reasonable.